Coming to you live from Studio 13 at Power Team Studios in beautiful Orlando, Florida, it's Crumb Shoes, the Crime Scene Kitchen Podcast. And we're back, everybody. Welcome back to Studio 13 uh, here at Power Team Studios. Um, so excited. So excited. Christine, how do you feel? If I could quote Jesse from Saved by the Bell, so excited. I am so excited. I'm so scared. Uh, I am scared. Yeah. There's 11 more teams left <laughs> after today, but we'll get to that. We'll get to who yes, went home. Yes, yes. Uh, but um, such a great start to season two. Uh, that's what we're covering today of Crime Scene Kitchen, season two, episode one. Again, if you listen to our spoiler-free pilot, you kind of know that we're going to go over season two in its totality uh, throughout this summer of 2023. I almost said 2013. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then later after that, we'll go back and cover season one. But um, we're so excited today to talk about what happened in this season premiere of uh, crime scene kitchen so should we just start from the beginning with um well i, I guess we start with what the name of the episode was which oh yeah which signals one of the changes yeah yeah I, I, I don't know if i call it a big change but definitely uh something to set this season apart mm-hmm. is um self-taught bakers versus classically trained bakers how do you feel about this i love it i mean i think there was you know sort of a dl kind of element of that last year or two years ago the first season um but this season they're really like like they're really juicing it you know they're really milking it oh yeah and that makes sense because i mean it's you know there are some shows that are just home bakers. There are some shows that are just professional pastry chefs or whatever. And I like that, you know, they might as well, like, use the fact that they have a combination of both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is, if you remember last week, we talked about what they kept the same elimination format. So there's two different pools of teams. So pool A has six teams. Pool B has six teams. And those teams aren't going to interact until they combine into one pool. And in this case, Pool A is going to be the self-taught bakers. And Pool B, which will debut in Episode 2 next week, is going to be the classically trained bakers. Uh, so this week we saw the self-taught bakers. And this reminded me of, and again, we apologize, Season 3 of The Apprentice. We watched we watched all the seasons of The Apprentice, I yes, think, back in the yes, day. Yes, we were very into it. Uh, so, and again, apologies, we didn't apolog- know. We didn't know. We should have researched. Now we know. We did not know. But now we know. But season three of The Apprentice, for those reality competition fans out there, might remember that it was set up as street smarts versus book smarts. Mm. And the teams at the beginning were set up in that way. Uh, so uh, that that's what it made me think of right off the bat yeah. uh, when this came up. So yeah, I'm excited to see um, uh, what they can, uh, what the teams can um uh, can do within their pools. And the, uh, uh, um, Curtis even alluded to, he's a Michelin star chef, obviously world-renowned, mm-hmm. but he says there are things that Yolanda, her, his co-judge, can do that I cannot do. So Yeah, and she's self-taught. Yeah, so just because yeah. you star, you know, trained at Le Cordon Bleu or whatever, that, you know, in this day and age with the internet, that does not mean anything. You can still, you can still know your stuff. So 
very excited for the season. Who's competing this season? Is that what you got next on your list? Or oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk teams. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, it was funny. When we first watched the episode on Monday night when it debuted, this is Tuesday afternoon, or Tuesday night, I guess. Um, but uh, when it debuted on Monday night, I was like, furiously, both of us were furiously trying to take notes. And then we were like, wait a minute, this is going to be on Hulu tomorrow. We can pause it then. So let's just enjoy watching it the first time through. And then yeah. tomorrow we'll do our like pause and take note stuff. So yes. that made it a much more enjoyable watch last night so that today we could like get into it. Yeah. So we've watched it twice already. So <clears throat> yes. if, uh, if you didn't already think we were super fans. Oh my goodness. I would watch it again right now. <laughs> I love this show. Um, okay, so here are our teams that are the uh, self-talk makers. Ooh, so starting off, we have T and Fatty. And we, like, both felt like we recognized um, them. Like, uh, I think we both recognized T's face and Fatty's name. Yeah. And well, and T, so, and we should clarify. So it's T as in just the letter T. Yes. T. That's it. So and that's also a pretty unique name. And Fatty. Foddy or Fatty? I think it's Foddy, but I'm not sure. I'm not, I feel like they said Fatty, but I'm not. Maybe it is Foddy. Well, just because someone says it doesn't mean it's true. If someone says it, that it, means it's true. Yeah, I think I heard both pronunciations, so maybe we'll find out as the season oh, okay. goes on. But F A D I is his name. But go on. So uh, Nick and I both had the same sensation that they were familiar to us, but um, because I tend to assume that I'm just making things up in my head. I was like, oh, I'm sure I'm just imagining it, you know? And Nick was like, no, I feel like we know them from something. And do you want to tell them what you're figuring out was? The Great Chocolate Showdown, which uh, for our uh, fellow cooking reality competition fans out there you may know is a series on i think it was on hulu yeah. i don't know if what network if any originally i don't on, know it's but canadian it's right? canadian yeah. cooking competition obviously with chocolate um and it's very delightful you know quick series i think it just had like 10 com- you know competitors so probably just like an eight yes you know an eight uh episode eight episode yeah. probably did yeah. they have two seasons or i want to say three three yeah i think you're right okay yeah, yeah. Uh, so cute little show. It was know, very cute. Fun challenges and a, a, amazing with the kind of chocolate work they do. And teach oh, it's on amazing. There. Uh, but they were both contestants on there, so we literally saw how they became friends in that show, and now they're coming on here as a team instead of as competing as individuals. They they met doing that show. They were just individual competitors, uh, but now they're teammates in this show. So pretty cool to see um, uh, them competing across another another show. And I love that we we have watched, like, such a tiny little show. Not that it's, but I mean, it's from a different country. It's mm-hmm. not like a, it's not headed by Gordon Ramsay, and it's not the Great British Makeup. <laughs> so, like, it's not, like, the biggest show in the United States for cooking reality competition. Yeah, it's it is kind of random that it's just a show that we have yeah. to see. Uh, so but, I love that yeah. coincidence that it was just like, oh, I'm so glad that we know them from that, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was really cute. That was fun. So they're friends. Um, T is uh, a trapeze artist, although it's said that currently he is a chocolate maker. Yeah. It did say that. Yeah. Um, so that's good. Yeah. And then uh, Fadi said that he was a lawyer for many years. Yeah. But uh, he said it in the past tense, so I don't know if he's a professional chocolate maker now. I didn't see that subtitle under him, but it could be there. 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if we got clarity on that specifically, yeah. but I mean, they're obviously we know they both know how to work with chocolates. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. It didn't um, like specifically say they own a bakery together or anything like that, but like they yeah. definitely work well, together. In and that it show, well, it showed T is from Boston and Fadi is from New York, so they probably oh, don't forgot. live in the same place. That's and a they, good point. So I doubt they have a business together. So maybe they just cook together when they can. Obviously, Boston, New York. Are, are close-ish, so, I mean... Yeah, you know, but they probably don't have, like, a... Uh, a store. But right. uh, several... Uh, at least a couple of these teams are, are bakers together. But several we'll get to that, own know. bakeries, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's T and Fadi. Um, then we have Kathleen and Hannah. I really liked their looks. They were both wearing uh, black overalls. I thought that was a okay. cute touch that they... It's funny that that's not the first thing you noticed. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> no um, idea. No idea. So they're really cute. Um, I think the first line they said was like, we're not just a couple of Midwestern moms. Uh, something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing. Well, yeah, to that point, yeah. what I thought was really interesting, and this is a change this season, we saw some of, especially like in the first half, they, um, you know, in a lot of reality competition shows, you know, with the talking heads, if you don't know what a talking head is, think the office or any documentary when you see a single person being interviewed looking at the camera that's called a talking head um typically in those talking heads you don't hear the person interviewing them like that's typically the style that is done in, in these types of shows they kind of mess with that a little bit and we saw the moment before where they are being asked questions or even at one point uh t was doing a mic check um, which I think is not typical these days for comp and reality shows. Like you don't that see so that much, true. and they did not do that in season one. So it was, to me, it was it uh, like the first thing I noticed last night when we watched this was, whoa, okay, that's a little bit different because it changes the presentation a little bit. And I and I thought it was very very telling and very interesting because to your point of what they said, we're not your average mid- Midwestern wives. They actually showed the moment before. Where they were essentially fed that line. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> because you see, you see that a lot. Where in reality shows, especially you know, in, in the first few weeks when they're trying to create identities for each contestant, where someone says, "Oh, I'm not just a pretty face," or "I'm not mm. such and such," right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, and Christine and I are always saying to each other. Did that need to be said? <laughs> yes! Like, where did that come from? Do you just have a huge chip on your shoulder? Or... Yeah, 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 like, I, why did you feel the need to lead with that? But I, what I liked about them showing them being asked the question is, they are being fed this and asked to kind of regurgitate that yeah. as, as a statement, presenting it as if it was their own thought. Yes, I w- uh, quickly I would like to clarify that I did not mean specifically in reference to the Midwestern moms that it seemed like they had a chip on their shoulder. No, not at all. Right, not I just all. mean often in these competitions it's chefs being like, oh, I'm not just a country boy or I'm yes. not just a homemaker. Yeah, or I'm not just an athlete. Right, know. exactly, yeah. yeah. So I just want to specify Midwestern moms, yeah. they didn't sound like they had a chip on their No, you were clear. You were okay. totally clear on it. And I and I think uh, they didn't come off that way at all. They seemed really cool. Yeah, they seemed neat. But I think I just really liked that moment before that they showed where we kind of saw behind the curtain and saw um, how this 
works in a lot of reality shows, which mm. is <laughs> reality in quotation marks and italicized, uh, because they are kind of fed a character, you know, that, you know, may or may not represent them in real life. I don't know. Yeah. Or but, may only represent one facet of a multifaceted person. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to define a person in just a few talking heads and a handful of episodes. So yeah. Yeah. That's uh, something we got to remember. That's uh, so true. You know, yeah. With all shows. And, and uh, uh, hopefully you all out there remember that uh, watching shows because it's, 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 it's hard sometimes because they deliver like all producers, directors, editors, like they know formulaically, okay, this is, this is how I make this person seem interesting. Mm, like, yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Just a thought. I love that. And yeah. it, it makes me think of Joel McHale's sense of humor. I don't. I still need to see if he's an executive producer. He probably is. But um, <laughs> it, it's very in keeping with his sort of like, isn't this silly kind of like nodding, nodding and winking at the audience kind of thing, um, which I, I like that a lot. I love breaking the fourth wall in general, but especially in this situation, um, emphasizing, like you said, that reality is not 100% reality. Yeah. He is an executive producer. I'm looking at the way. Okay. So that, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So. Kathleen and Hannah, black overalls. Um, <laughs> they are Midwestern moms, but not just Midwestern moms. And they're military wives. Uh, they are from Wisconsin, and they co-own a bakery. They seem really cool and nice. Yeah. Um, then we have Tarsha, who is the mom of Christy. With a K. With a K, yes, important. Um, mine is with a C-H. Other people do it with a K. I always thought K was kind of cooler, but... Um, <laughs> So Tarsha and Christy are mother and daughter. Um, they live in, so Tarsha, I think, is from Lynchburg, Virginia, and Christy, Richmond, Virginia. So uh, Christy also makes a reference at one point to having worked under, she specifically says under, not with, Tarsha at some point. And I, I guess Tarsha might own a bakery or something like that. I mean, she's very, you can tell that she kind of knows her stuff throughout the episode. Yeah. But they have a bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a uh, not always 100% smooth working relationship, I would say. A bit is being kind. <laughs> I'm so kind. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So Christy makes um, reference to the fact that when she worked under Tarsha, she got fired every other day. Yeah. <laughs> That's a quote. Yeah, that is a direct quote. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see that in their relationship throughout yes. this, this first episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will say I love Christy's makeup. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed, like, she has, like, really great, like, highlight on her nose and her, like, uh, cheekbones. And um, I don't usually notice, like contouring or highlight very much that i thought it was very nice it was very good um i have no comment because i did not notice <laughs> no highlight comments i didn't didn't notice yes okay <laughs> so the next team we have is steph and cherry and they're both like young probably 20s um they are best friends and they're from baltimore uh i don't know what their profession is but I know no, they we didn't, we they bake together. Yeah. Um. And uh, I know that um, Steph said that she had done like baking contests from a very young age. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And then there's uh, Cherry has like an interesting anecdote, but we can talk about it later. Yeah. 
Um, okay, then we have Davion and Donovan. They are stepbrothers from Inglewood. And uh, I don't think they, like, own a bakery or anything. But they're, like, close. Yeah, you get the sense of They bake together. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know what their jobs are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they bake together. Yeah, they just indicated they had cooked together. That's basically what we learned as far as yeah. the experience. But uh, one thing that one of them said, that this is kind of a silly pet peeve of mine, uh, and uh, this is not a criticism, I just think this is silly. He said Inglewood, California is definitely a family-oriented community. Name anyone in any community who wouldn't say this is a family-oriented community. Like, you wouldn't say, like, if you're going on to, like, represent your city, Uh like, you wouldn't say this is not a family-oriented community. Like, you know, like... Yeah, I I didn't think about it like that. I thought he was trying to set up the contrast of it still being there, they're still, like, it's somewhat still plagued by gang violence, it's inner city. So I guess I thought of it more as he was just trying to set up the contrast of it. But now that you say that, yeah, like, out in a vacuum, that statement makes no sense. Yeah, I, I guess you do have to combine it. And yeah, so he's making, the, like, the broader point. Right. And, and a, this is not a criticism. I thought these two guys were fantastic. They were fantastic really sweet. People. Really sweet. Um, but uh, they, uh, yeah, he was saying, you know, the, so the, just the fact that we're here... When, you know, we come from a place that, yes, we love our families, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot of, you know, gang violence Yeah, uh, is, is pretty cool that we're here. And totally agree. I just, whenever I hear someone say, <laughs> like, such and such, you know, we're really about families here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, every, everyone is. Yeah, like, anytime someone's like, I really care about my family. <laughs> oh my god, really? Oh, you're a hero. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah. But I do take it that he was, it, yeah, it's the juxtaposition there. The, yeah. The broader point he was making about, uh, you know, uh, in, you know, Inglewood as a whole. So I get it. And again, not a criticism, just a silly pet peeve on my part. Going forward, when we do Gordon Ramsay shows, <laughs> yeah. when we do Kitchen Nightmares, I think we'll have to, um, we don't drink alcohol, but we'll have to invent some manner of drinking or eating game <laughs> in which every time the patriarch of a family that has a restaurant says that they you know they're all about family or anything to that effect we will we will eat and we will be food drunk by the end of half of an episode yeah especially when it's clear that they hate their family yeah especially when it's clear that they have a terrible relationship with their family but yeah that's yeah i see what you're saying yeah uh okay next we have tori and michelle uh, Tori is a dude. T O R R E. It's kind of a uh, you know, kind of a cool name. I like it. It's uh, like I've yeah. never heard it like with that spelling and stuff, and yeah. it's, it looks kind of French, which I always like. I wonder how old he is. I wonder if he's named after Joe Tory. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that would make sense. Famous baseball manager, World Series champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I know who that is. <laughs> Osmosis. Um, and then uh so yeah, it's Tori and Michelle. They are an engaged couple. They met at a restaurant that they both worked at, and they now co-own a bakery in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Speaking of makeup, in the talking head Tori's makeup, not kidding. Yes, in Michelle's, the, I but it could be. Uh could in be, the yes, talking yes. head. Check out Michelle's bottom lip lipstick. Like, she has this amazing, like, I don't know if you call it a highlight if it's on your lips, but it's, like, amazing. Like, she has, like, just this amazing sheen just on, like, 
the middle bottom of her lower lip, which is something that like a thousand people are going to be so excited to hear this detail and look for it. This is what you listen is... for out there in podcast land. This is a fashion podcast. Make sure to subscribe for these hot fashion tips. Like I've seen, you know, Snapchat and TikTok hacks of trying to get that lip look. And uh, I'm too lazy, but like, you know, God bless her. Good for her. <laughs> Um, well, or the, the makeup artist, probably, more likely. Um, so, yes, those are the teams. Um, let's see, so, would you like to start talking about the first round, or do we want to talk about, let's see, changes we've seen thus far, mainly the self-taught versus classically trained. Yeah, well, and then the, the other thing that I have next start here is the rounds are a little different. So last time we talked about dessert round, showpiece round. Right. Which was kind of nebulous. I mean, we did talk about... Very. Yeah, you know, last week, like, you know, showpiece was a little flashier, but still, it's just two desserts, right? Yes. This year, safety bake, elimination bake. Safety bake. Whoever wins the safety bake does not have to cook in the elimination bake. They are just safe and they get a buy to sit out the rest of the episode and go on in advance. And then the elimination bake, worst team is out. Uh, so a much more stark contrast between the two rounds. What do you think? I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers from season one. Okay. Not uh, having immunity from elimination and like, not, well, not immunity, but like not having to bake in the elimination round is a much better prize for winning the first round yeah. than what they had last season. Yeah, the clue uh, in, in season one, I guess, was hit or miss. Sometimes it helps. Sometimes it was Sometimes helpful. it was something they already kind of figured out. Yes. And, and I think that is why. Yes, right? I agree. Like the clues were not 100% always helpful. Yeah. Um. And you kind of had to be a really good detective to figure out how to use the clue as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. But mm -hmm. this is something I noticed in the opening montage. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you saw this. This may be, there may be more elements of the game that we have not seen yet. There was a very, very quick flash on the screen of Yolanda holding up an evidence bag in the kitchen with with one of the other with one of the teams and like showing them like some sort of like food in an evidence bag and like showing it to them. Oh. So there might be clues later on in this competition. Yeah, what if like the second half of the competition when they're joined that would make sense cuz you don't want to have them not have to bake for the last few. No free rides. No free rides. Yeah, uh so at some point, there may wow. be an extra element, which I think is cool, and I'm excited to see what they've come up with. That's amazing. I love the idea of an evidence bag. <laughs> I know, so um, cute, right? Oh, yeah. speaking of which, I sent this to you in your messenger or something. Thank you. But, uh, listeners, we oh. are, it's currently Tuesday night, but we're going to be uh, publishing this on Wednesday morning. So I know that you're going to wake up early and make sure you hear this at 9 or 9.15. Um, Eastern. But, uh, if you listen to it as soon as it comes out, you have a few hours still to enter. There's a crime scene kitchen sweepstakes. It has nothing to do with us, obviously. We're unofficial. But, um, 
you can enter it on Curtis Chef Curtis Stone's Instagram. And it's like a crime scene kitchen sweet steaks to win a bunch of crime scene kitchen swag. Oh, cool. Uh, if you can guess what he's putting together with these three ingredients. Oh, cool. So it's very cool. Um, so yeah, check it out. Yeah. You have till noon on Wednesday the 5th. I don't know if that's in Eastern time, but I'm kind of assuming. Wait, yesterday was the 5th. The 7th. All right. So. Continuing our tradition of getting the 5th and the 7th mixed <laughs> up. June 7th, 2023, Wednesday, noon, probably Eastern. Yeah. Cool. Or Australian. Or Australia. It's probably Australian. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's awesome. But if you are out there and you win because you heard this, you have to share the prize. You have to cut us in. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think, well, the reason it made me think of it is because there's like an evidence bag in the picture. Okay. If we could get an official crime scene kitchen evidence bag, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would just, like, we could just hold it between us when we sleep. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it'd be our second child. Like, yes, yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, so, we talked last week about how uh, they had three minutes in season one to investigate the crime scene kitchen, and we suggested it should be longer. So, Christine, what did they do? They did a shorter time period. They, Only two minutes. Two It's insane. Minutes. It's already so hard. What? Ugh. Oh my god. And I mean I will say I thought they on the whole they did okay. They with did two okay minutes. considering. But how tough is that? My gosh, wow. yeah. And I, it's deceptive, I think, because when you're watching it, like we get to see essentially all the clues. <laughs> yeah. Because we get to see all the clues that all of them see, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and we, we get a montage that's probably longer than two minutes. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, they're not getting all the same clues we're getting, Yeah. right? Like, yeah. they don't even have time to be as thorough as would be helpful, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm sorry, I interrupted your thought. Uh, no, no. Well, do you want to talk about the clues that, that we saw? Yes. Okay, so for the safety bake, is it safety round or safety bake? It's the safety dance. It's the safety dance, it's, yes. I you believe, can dance if you want to. Yeah, I believe it's safety bake and elimination bake. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. perfect. There is a zester with what some people describe as lemon, some people describe as lime, and some people describe as both on it. <laughs> Pieces of zest. Um, then there is also a, uh, if they look in the fridge, there is a, like, sort of glass jar of egg whites. And it says egg whites. And it's quite full. Um, then there is also uh, the food processor, which has some manner of crumb in it. There is a jar of graham crackers. Um, they are not broken up or anything. They are just in their full graham cracker form. Seems fairly full. Um, and then uh, there's also a pie tin in the uh, dishwasher and a uh, whisk attachment for a stand mixer. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Uh, heavy cream whisk. Oh, which, right. The heavy cream. Yeah. yeah which which are, I didn't even know this till later, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wet pie dish, zest, compost, lemon. Yeah. Lemon in the compost. Do you say that? Uh, oh, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. And then the, the mixer, the whisk. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and then there's a bowl with curd. 
with leftover curd. Yes. Which some of, that's a big clue. I was like, there's gotta be something else. Um, which some of them, again, some of them identify as lime, and some of them identify as lemon. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, and then really the key component that, that won the round for the winning team was in the, the food processor. In the food processor. Do you processor. want to go ahead and talk about that? Well, okay, can I, so. I mean, look, so. I want to give them an opportunity to guess. If you haven't watched, well, if you haven't watched the episode, Go watch the episode, right? I mean, this, yeah, like stop here because we're <laughs> we're about to spoil it. Yeah, so this, get ready. This is you didn't already understand. This is a companion show, companion podcast to the show. So I mean, yes, I, I, I would assume that everyone understands. Understands. <laughs> if we're going through what happened in the show. We're not going to stop after the first eight minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. All right. Go watch go, the go show. watch the show and also. Tell us your guesses. Yes. Like, be a really cool, honest person full of integrity and, like, comment what your guess was right now before we tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want – this is a good time to talk about – you want to talk about socials yeah. right now? Then? Oh, socials. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. So you can follow us in so many places. So we are uh, Crumb Shoes. That is C-R-U-M-B-S-H-O-E-S, like gum shoes. But you can find us on Instagram at Crunchies. You can find us on Facebook at Crunchies. Uh, you can find us on TikTok at Crunchies and Twitter at Crunchies. Absolutely. And, and uh, you can also find um, Power Team Studios, yes. which is uh, our production company. You can find us uh, under Power Te- at Power Team Studios on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. On Twitter, we are uh, at... Power Team Studio, singular, because it cuts us off after that. Oh, yeah, the character limit. So silly. silly. Oh, Elon. Elon Musk can afford another character so he can be Power Team Studio. I know, seriously. Um, And and then also, just briefly, we'll shout out Christine's, uh, one of Christine's other projects, Welcome to Mermaid Coffee. It's great, great satire about what it's like to work at a coffee shop, except it's told entirely with Barbie dolls, yeah. Uh, and so right now she has some uh, some shorts out on uh, TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, Insta, right? Yes. Welcome, welcome to Mermaid Coffee. Uh, it's going to be a full series though in the future, so keep an eye on that. Follow us on our socials, and then finally, just to talk back uh, with us on some of these topics we're talking about, just crumbshoes at gmail dot com. We'd love to have a conversation with you uh, about these things, and like Christine said. Uh, show us your guesses, and we're going to talk yes. about our guesses, uh, but we'd love to hear what you were guessing as you played along at home with Crime Scene Kitchen, because again, like we talked about in uh, week, uh, in our uh, pilot episode, that's the best part of the show. Yeah, guessing along. Alright. Cool, so, okay. the key, the linchpin for mm-hmm. round one, what was it? It was in the um, food processor. Yeah. Only one team looked at this. Yeah. They looked at the crumbs to see, like, they opened the food processor, they put their fingers in, they grab it, and you can do that in this. And they, like, take out the crumb, they look at it, they smell it, and they're like, what is this? And they're like, is this saltine crackers? Saltines? <laughs> it's, like, so shocking. Like, I mean, it would just... Like, I, I just feel the audience, like, has a collective gasp. Like, <gasps> saltines? Like, what is that? <laughs> so, um, one team did that. No other team did it. They just saw the processor. They saw some kind of crumbs. Yeah. And they just went. They saw, A lot of people saw the jar of graham, cracker, crumb, graham crackers yeah. and just did that. Because that's what we're used to seeing. And sometimes we know it's a pie. Yeah. That's what we're used to seeing in a pie. Right. 
Right. Uh, so yeah, but but clearly, if you watch season one, you know the the full, completely full graham crackers with like no evidence of crumbs on the jar. That's pretty indicative of a red herring, right? Yes, and that's yeah, that's something I made a note about because Ethan, I got tripped up like, and I shouldn't because we've seen season one about ninety five times. Yep. So like, but like I should have known from the first season, but in this one, you know, I was saying there's like uh a like big old jar thing of egg whites in the fridge and i was like oh egg whites it must be some kind of meringue maybe it's lemon meringue well the egg whites jar was full and what that is indicating to you is like take the next step that means they separated the eggs but they didn't use any of the egg whites which means they used the egg yolks to make the citrus curd exactly so yeah could you talk more about like what you use whites for what you use yolks for sure yeah so yeah so when you separate eggs um you know you're separating the yolk from the white um the yolks and and hopefully the shell and the shell yeah don't put the shell in there don't forget that's an important part yeah Yeah. our six-year-old is much better at not getting eggshell in there than i am (laughs) really oh yeah i don't know if i've ever seen you you haven't had my crunch you haven't had my crunchy eggs (laughs) i love i love that little bit of texture it just takes it over the edge yeah um, but, uh, yeah, so the egg whites you can use to make, like, a really nice foamy meringue. Um, let's see, what else? I mean, and again, I'm not an expert. Um, but, like, just simple things I can think of. You could use them in a meringue. You could use them to, like, fold into a mousse to make it. Basically, you would try to be making something light. Or, like, um, I think in angel food cake, although, like, I usually use a mix, but I think in angel food cake, you use egg whites, I think. And I've made cakes with egg whites where, like, instead of using the yolk, you just use the white. And it does come out very fluffy, I would say. So the yolks are, like, you know, dense, and they add, like, creamy richness to stuff, right? So that's what you're going to use in, like, custards and curds, like, lime curd, lemon curd, any kind of, like citrus pie filling type thing would be you know would probably include those okay and eggs are just the most the eggs are magical i love eggs <laughs> sorry um no offense to to uh people who don't eat eggs that's cool too that's awesome uh so so the the fact that the oaks were missing tells you that it's probably a curd right yeah because in this case like it's not like a jar of eggs mm-hmm. it's a jar of egg whites and mm-hmm. the jar is full so they separated the whites from the yolks. So the yolks aren't in a jar in there. Yeah. So they must have used the yolks for right. something. Right. So they used it for a curd, which I will say, most of the teams figured out that it was some sort of citrus pie yeah. and that it used a curd. And actually, Christy and Tarsha were smarter about it than I was. Like, they saw the egg whites and were like, oh, that's full. They used the yolks to make the curd, which I was like, I didn't see that till our second watch through. Okay. So like, I was like, oh, they're more on top of it than I am. But then they saw the graham crackers and they <laughs> didn't notice that that was full. So that probably wasn't it. Yeah. So then they did make a graham cracker crust. Yeah. So it was, it, it was just interesting to see. And again, it's two minutes. It's rushed, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's talk a bit, little bit about what happened like during the round among the bakers. And then we'll talk about their specific pies. So Perfect. Uh, do you have any, you have any notes on that? Well, this is kind of a combination of a few different moments, but I just wanted to say a lot of people had, like, 
fan moments, like where they were like fan personing out. <laughs> so, which I love because basically, like each of the you know the hosts got one, and each of the judges got one, which I thought was really cute. Um, so Kathleen of Kathleen and Hannah, the Midwestern moms, is like she was like freaked out by being next to Joel McHale. <laughs> he was so adorable, yes. like. And I would feel the exact same way because uh, I would be like, it's Jeffrey Winger from Community. <laughs> and um, but she said she used to watch him on the soup every night. Yes. So, like, she's a huge fan. It was so cute. As She, like, didn't know what to say for a minute. And then as he was walking away from their kitchen, she was like, his hair is perfect or something <laughs> like that. It was so cute. Yeah. Um, and then actually back at the beginning – uh, Davion was talking about how much he loves Yolanda. And, like, I noticed last, in the last, the first season, a couple years ago, there was a team that really, like, Yolanda had inspired them to learn how to make. Yeah. And uh, I think she's just, like, a super inspiring person, especially because she didn't go to culinary school, you know? Yeah. And uh, I love that. So cool. Um, oh, yeah, Tarsha and Christy love Curtis. They were totally crushing on him. Yes. And that was so cute. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They were, like, so excited about, yeah. and they were, you know, the oh, another moment where we heard a producer talking. Yeah. They were like, oh, is he cuter in real life than he is on TV? And Christy was like, am I allowed to talk about that? <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. So that was adorable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, but also with Tarsha and Christy, like... And we talked about this earlier. There's attitude. There. Oh my god, both of them. Yeah, from both like, of them. So yeah, they definitely have a contentious, yeah, working relationship. Yeah, and like a lot of times, like what stood out to me is this is episode one. I know. Yeah, like if it's that bad already, like y'all. Yeah, like this is a marathon. Like mm-hmm. you have to be good and on for. I mean, at least in season one, it was twelve different bakes, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, if there are already, like, bunny heads as much through episode one, yes. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, because a lot of times, like, in, in uh, team reality competitions, you see teams get like that as it progresses. Later. Um, I think we even saw that, and in, in, without giving anything away, I think we even saw that in the first yeah. The first season of Crime Team Kitchen a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like teams that got along really well most of the time at the end it got a little tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's I mean, it's the one of the most stressful things you're ever gonna do in your life. You're you're putting yourself out there vulnerable, trying to win a, uh, trying to win is it a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So uh yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's huge. So we'll we'll see going forward how that plays out. Talked about that. Talked about that. Um, Go on. Oh, just on Tarsha and Christy, I did want to say, like, this is kind of where you saw, like, both their contentious relationship and also that Tarsha was very um, meticulous uh, with, because uh, Christy was stirring, I think it was the curd. I think it was the curd, right? So she's, like, stirring the curd in a pot over the heat and on a stove. And uh, Tarsha comes over and stirs it for a minute and she's like, you know, you need to give it time. Like, hey, this is too hot. Bits of this are like cooking because if you're making curd and it gets too hot and you're not or and or you're not stirring enough, it can turn into scrambled egg. 
and that is gross. <laughs> you don't want to eat lemon curd and then be like, oh, fluffy scrambled what? This is weird. Yeah. Um, so, like, she was very meticulous about it. But you, so you see that she's, you know, a perfectionist, which is great as a baker, yeah. you know. Um, but at the same time, like, you see that she immediately mistrusts or distrusts, rather, uh, Christy. Because Christy is like, I didn't turn it up. And Tarsha's like, well, I mean, somebody turned it up. So, yeah. like, oh, dear. Well, who do you think was wrong there? I honestly, I don't know. I I think maybe somebody accidentally bumped it. I, I don't know. I don't do know. you the, think the Christy, way Christy turned it up? The way Christy said it, it's, I mean, I, the way Christy said it, I, I, I don't know if I fully bought it. I don't oh, know. okay. I, I, I thought maybe, and maybe they didn't spell this out well enough, but I thought maybe she was trying to rush it, so she turned up the heat. Okay, and that I was can't... the point that Tarsha was making was you can't do that, right? Um, I I don't know, but I just got the impression that that because something had burned, right? right. Like there but was scrambled egg a little bit. She was standing over it, stirring it. So, so maybe she did oh, make it too okay. Hard. I mean, it's I guess it's hard to tell when people are in a relationship where they're defensive with each other all the time. Yeah, because then it's like one they're both excited to blame the other one and excited to defend themselves so it's we saw that a lot it's hard to know yeah but yeah i mean that's a valid you know like that's absolutely possible yeah um and tarsha certainly suggested that something like that might have happened before with right. them this cooking. is not the first curd argument they've yeah. had <laughs> it's one of many and yeah. probably many to come we've been married for 15 years we argue curd daily <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's tough, dude. You know. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh. Uh, another thing. When they went back uh, to Cherry, uh, Cherry and Steph, Cherry said this cool thing, which I I really loved, where she used to go to the like library and like check out cookbooks and then go like make copies of like the pages, for you know, just because she just loves like absorbing as many recipes as possible. And that I think that's when she was saying she first read about, um. They're the only ones who we talked about. They're the only ones who got the saltine clue. Yes. Uh, so, um, which I think was just really, really cool. And, and um, uh, what, if you see the teams that went deep last year, those are the teams that just have such a love of knowing about so many different types of desserts. Yes. You have to have that to win this game. Uh, and so I think that that kind of um, thirst for knowledge is going to really bode well for this team. I could not agree more. That was the cutest story I've ever heard. I want to watch a movie about that character. <laughs> like, just like going and photocopying <laughs> a bunch of cookbooks. Yeah. Um, I think that's so cute. And also, like, that's, you know, one thing. I'm sorry, I always talk about Gordon Ramsay, but. Um, but, like, we all want to watch Gordon Ramsay. Who am I kidding? America loves Gordon Ramsay. So, um, but it's, you know, what he's always looking for on every show and every person who cooks is fire. And it's, like, she is passionate. She's curious. Like you were saying, it's, like, she needs that knowledge, yeah. you know? She will always pursue it. Yeah. Even when it's not easy to get. And that, I think, will stand her in very good stead on this show. A term that I heard Colin Powell use once, which has always stuck with me, is intellectual vigor. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just that, that just 
because that goes even beyond thirst for knowledge. It's just mm-hmm. really wanting to know and 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 be just honest uh, scholarship of the subject. Yes. Uh, so very cool. Is so cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. We talked about that. I've got all mine for that. Do you have any, Can anything I, else before we go I'm on? I'm so sorry. I keep going back no. to Tarsha and Christie. There's one more thing I <laughs> This is the Tarsha Christie cast. It's the Tarsha Christie cast. Um, but uh, one thing that um, you could see in the first season a little bit as well, um, Tarsha, when they were in the crime scene kitchen, and other people might have done this too, but I mostly noticed it with her, maybe a little bit with Tia and Fadi, but... Um, one thing that's uh, easy to do, but it's a mistake in the crime scene kitchen, is to see two ingredients and make up your mind what it is. Like, two two clues, make up your minds, and then you've got confirmation bias going, so everything else looks like it fits that. Um, and uh, that didn't go well. Yeah. And I think she, like, saw the, the she tried the curd, she saw the pie tan or something, there was something else she, oh, it was the zester. And yeah, so she tried the curd. She saw the lime zest. She didn't see the lemon zest. Yeah. But it was like she tried the curd. Um, we find out later the curd was lemon and lime. I I hope it's okay that I say that now. But like she only tasted lime in it, so she was already thinking key lime pie. So it was like from then on, it was like, oh, there's a jar of graham crackers. Well, that makes sense because it's key lime pie. Yeah. And I feel like we saw that from some of the, in some of the earlier episodes last season perhaps more than the later episodes because that kind of thinking is not very helpful on this show. It makes it harder to be open to the clues. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, we compare it to an escape room. It's just like an escape room. If you've played one out there, uh, you, you, you have to stay flexible mentally um, mm-hmm. and be receptive to everything and to new information um, and process process all the data equally so yeah good point yeah Yeah. thank you (laughs) and i say all this with the disclosure that i wouldn't do well on this show oh we'd be terrible time crunch i would be a disaster so like i can't do what they're doing it's very easy to sit in my chair at home and watch it on tv see all the clues and make these make i i can see what's going on but that's you know, I understand that in the heat of the moment, someone might be a little less sensible or reasonable or less of a great detective than they would be normally. It's so. got to be difficult. And, yes. You know, my hope, Two minutes. My hope, eventually, is that hopefully we can interview. Oh my gosh, I hope so. Some people have been on the show, so if you're out there listening, crumpshoes at gmail.com, hit us up. Oh my gosh, please. Because I'd love yes. to hear about how difficult it truly is. Because yeah, it's got to yeah. be brutal. It's got to be oh. brutal. And I appreciate you saying that, and I will echo that disclaimer. We don't know anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We are, like, armchair makers at best. Yeah, and yes, it has got to be just a million times harder in in the moment than it looks like on uh, on TV. So, yes. Absolutely. Honestly, I can't even function when I have mascara on. So, <laughs> that's why I don't wear it. So, like, I can't. Like, if I have mascara on, I'm going to spend the whole night, like, being like, my eyes are heavy. So, like, I can't possibly be a detective, much less bake anything. I have seen her get ready to go somewhere <laughs> fancy, so I can actually, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I can attest to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Pies. 
Let's talk about high. Oh, wait, was there anything else? Let me just look over my, okay, the thing about the lipstick and the highlight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I got all that. Uh, oh, I did just one thing. I think Joel's direction for the entire season was louder. <laughs> so like, he had a couple of really great moments in season one where like people would be one especially notable one, which I will not divulge yet. But like, oh yeah, yeah, where he like approaches people and they're like you know like very uh focused on the task at hand like whatever it may be over their bowl or their whisk or whatever and he comes over and he's like hi guys it's really loud yeah i tried to make it less loud than i wanted to but um and he'll shock them (laughs) and uh so i think he did that about eight times in this episode and i thought it was delightful every single time he was happy to be back yes yes and we're so happy to have him back (laughs) Pie time. Pie time. Okay, cool. Let's talk pies. Okay. Uh, so, I think this is the correct order. Yes. So, first we had, okay, Tarsha and Christy, they made key lime with a graham cracker crust. Um, so, basically, the main things, uh, the main um, things from the judges, the feedback, was uh, the crust was not particularly solid. It was very grainy. If you could see it fall apart in the, yes. in the, in the pie plate. Yeah. And I've made many pies like that, so <laughs> I do not judge. <laughs> um, but they did say that the curd was good. Yeah, I've curd divine. Oh, curd divine. Is that yeah. what Curtis said? Because I feel like I Yolanda so. mentioned the crust. Yeah, I okay. believe so. Um, so, yeah, so they, they made excellent curd. I, I guess the second batch didn't burn. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I appreciated, you could tell she was a perfectionist because not only did she notice that, but she was like, no, we're starting over. That's true. And that's an important thing on these reality cooking competitions and baking competitions is if you have time to start over on something that's not 100%, do it. Start over. Always do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't throw away the bad one. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so next we had Tori and Michelle. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So they made a lemon chiffon pie with a traditional flaky pie crust. Um, it did not have any kind of, I think someone else made a lemon chiffon, which we'll get to, and they did it with whipped cream. But, um, Tori and Michelle just did no, no topping. It was just the chiffon, which is like a very fluffy white. I, I don't think I've ever had a chiffon pie, uh, nor made one. So I guess it's like a just a very fluffy center. I might have seen like kind of a hacked one with like cool whip. I might have done something like that, like an ice box of pie or something. So that might be like similar, I'm not sure. But um so yeah, so they made uh that pie and Curtis said that it looked homemade. Which I did not I I think was kind of a backhanded compliment. I agree, because yeah. he was like which is appropriate because you're home bakers, but it was sort of like, oh, so it don't look that great. Well, I agree. Like, it's absolutely, to the others, it was it not looked, fancy. It yeah. was just, yeah, like other people did some real cool stuff, which we'll get into. Yeah, but um, no, most notably, one other team I think had a very cool topping. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was. It just looked like the filling in a crust with some rando zest on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's see. Yolanda said the filling was good. Uh, Curtis said that, you know, he would have liked more depth of flavor. Yeah. So very simple on sort of 
all counts. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then we had um, Davion and Donovan. They made a citrus curd pie, so with both lemon and lime. They made a flaky crust. Um, Curtis said that the crust was lovely. Uh, Yolanda said the filling was nice, but she wished it was thicker. And then, let's see, and Curtis said it was a good pie, not a great pie. Yeah. So, another meh. Yeah. Not super exciting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, then we had, uh, T and Fadi. Yes. And they had, I would say, the best looking pie. Yes, it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they made a lemon meringue pie with a graham cracker crust. And I think they fell into the trap uh, of both confirmation bias and also looking at a full jar of something and thinking that means it's a part of the, the recipe. When in fact it means... It's not. It's not. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I made that mistake several times in season one and at least once in season two already. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and it was, yeah, so... They, oh, they said the crust was very firm. It broke Curtis's, uh, he called it a pie fork, which I've always heard pie server, so that was interesting. It doesn't look like a fork to me. It has no times. I've worked on spatula, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> it looks like a pie slash cake server. Yeah, but yeah, apparently something was wrong with that crust, but, uh, yes. but they loved the curd. Yes. Curtis said it was one of the best curds I've eaten. Yeah. So that is saying something. Yeah, I think that's yeah. high praise. Oh yeah, and I didn't talk about why their topping was so good. So they did a meringue topping and they torched it, um, which is appropriate. You don't want to eat raw meringue, um, which I learned from Great British Bake Off. Um, but uh, it was very pretty the way they torched it, and also the way they piped it, like it used negative space, which you see in like plating of savory stuff, and like I guess. A plated dessert, but I I don't know that I've seen that on a meringue pie ever. <laughs> I mean, like, they, like, used negative space on the top of the pie. Instead of, like, covering it in meringue all the way, they had, like, a fun little, like, wave of meringue. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Like, it's crazy to think that I've never seen that before, but, like, I don't think I have. Yeah, I mean, you don't see meringues used in that way. So yeah. it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like, it was a really good pie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Even though it was wrong. Um, so, next we have Kathleen and Hannah. Oh, yeah, they're the other ones who made a lemon chiffon with a flaky uh, traditional pie crust with whipped cream. So, Curtis said it was very light, the chiffon, the filling. Um, Yolanda said she would have wanted it to be thicker and more luscious. Yeah. So. Then we have um, Steph and Cherry. Yes. So this is where that um, Cherry reading the library cookbooks comes into play. Yes. So she had read about, or do you want to tell us? No, go ahead. So she had read about this kind of pie called a boardwalk pie. Yeah. And uh, like, I've certainly never heard of it. but I hadn't either. It's a kind of pie that is lemon and lime. And it has saltine crust. And that's a thing that exists in the real world. Like, yeah. what? I've never heard of anything like that. So the fact that they were the only team to notice the saltines and 
very likely the only team that would have known what that kind of pie was. Yes. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. So, if you haven't figured it out already, they nailed it. Yeah. yeah. They did have an execution problem. They did have an... Yeah, let's should we talk about that. Yeah, so, okay, so they made their pie... I so I guess they did and so it was a boardwalk pie, which is lemon and lime curd. Or maybe it was the lemon curd but with lime and lemon zest on the top. I do not know. No, no, because they said the uh Yolanda said the bowl should have smelled like both. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it was uh that. And it was with the saltine crust, but uh and they did a whipped cream topping. They froze the pie at some point. And they didn't show this during the round. So no. I don't know what the timing was on this. I don't either. I was thinking, like, I I know the term icebox pie. I know there are pies that you put in the fridge. I, like, I don't, I don't know why they would have frozen it. Especially after they put the whipped cream on. Because you don't want your whipped cream to freeze. Right. But it did. Yeah. So, I mean, if... If you made this pie, mm-hmm. comes out of the oven, mm-hmm. do you want it cool before you put the whipped cream on, I assume? Yes. Okay. So whipped cream you... is the last thing you do. Right. But then after that, well, I mean, would you put it in the fridge to keep it cold, or would you leave it out? I guess. I mean, I would leave it out, as long as it was already cold. It must have been like a time crunch thing, where it was like, we're just going to put it in the freezer, so it gets cold really quick, and then... I mean, this is what I'm thinking. I don't know. Maybe then it was like, oh, we actually do have an extra minute after we put the whipped cream on. So maybe we'll just stick it back in the freezer for a minute just to make sure that that curd solidified. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't show us any of this. Yeah, so that's only, true. We, we didn't find guess. out until they tasted it. Yeah. But basically the whipped cream was frozen. Yeah. So the whole whipped cream layer could just come off. It peeled off. Yeah. It was, it was as not if it, As if it was a meringue, but. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was not appetizing at all. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so I, I'm really sad we didn't get to hear about what, because aside from that, they didn't really say much else. Just that it yeah. was it was so cold it kind of ruined the experience. Yes, yeah. So I, I'm curious as to the quality of the pie. Yeah. Without that having happened, but ding ding ding, they won the round. They won. Oh, and a note: um, they called it a boardwalk pie. Yes. Curtis said, uh, "This is I'm sorry, and Chef Curtis, I should say." Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> what am I talking about? I say Gordon Ramsay all the time. It's fine. We're all on a first name basis, um, but. Um, <laughs> So he said it's actually called an Atlantic Beach Beach Pie, which yes. I looked up because I've never heard of it. Yeah, it does not have a Wikipedia page under Boardwalk Pie or Atlantic Beach Pie. All right, so list of things that need a wiki article: Boardwalk Pie slash Atlantic Beach Pie, Yolanda Gamp. Oh my gosh! Yes, we will add more to the list as we find out. Yes, if there's exactly. any wiki editors out there, get on it. Yeah, we don't have time. We're too busy watching TV. Yeah, and one thing that, uh, so when they revealed it and said it's an Atlantic Beach pie slash yeah. boardwalk pie, he actually said during the round as they were making it, a boardwalk pie, and it's actually better known as Atlantic Beach pie, which I think should have been a clue yeah. that they were exactly right because he already had that. He already had that mu- in his head. In his mind. Yes, yeah. Not that he couldn't have already, but at the end it was like, oh, well, of course he, of course he already, you know. Right, of course he knew what the actual title was because it's yeah. the challenge. Right, right. Um, also, I think they kind of telegraphed it when they, um, that they were going to win when during the judging like, okay, so during the judging, they do like to pan back and forth between the team that's being judged, the judges talking about the pie, 
and the other teams who are kind of standing on their risers and watching. So they do like to go back and forth a lot and like go to the teams being like, oh, saltines, what? <laughs> and like, you know, I like, it always feels a little staged to me, but like going back to the teams who are like, oh, hi. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm not. So why are they all using their sultriest voices? <laughs> Is that sultry? I <laughs> My sultry voice is my Miss Piggy voice. <laughs> we're talking about here. Community reference. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's so dramatic. I love it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that is hot. No, I hear um, <laughs> So, this is a PG show. Um. So then, uh, what was I talking about? Why? So, like, they go back and forth. And the people on the risers have really big reactions to everything. But, uh, <laughs> but they go, on this one, they kept panning back and forth between the pies being judged and specifically that team. Okay. I won't say it was only that team that they panned to. But I felt like they panned to them more often than they did anyone else that was standing on the riser during okay. the judging. Okay. So to me, it felt like they were saying like, oh, like, <laughs> like this is the team that did something really unique and right. nobody else did anything like it. So right. they're right. probably right. <laughs> All right. So Steph and Cherry win uh, and they're immune. From the next round. Yes, they just get to sit and watch. Which, good for them, and I'm happy for them, but that means we didn't get to see them bake again. Yeah. So I would love to see what happens in episode three when they return, and uh, they don't have an execution problem like they had this time. So Because I'm honestly, yes. I bet it was really good. Right. Uh, you know, Anyone can that. have a bad day. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they're, yeah. they'll do better next time on that part. Yeah, but this also goes to show, again, <laughs> the first most important thing is... Accuracy, yeah. Because if it'd be based on taste, probably T and Foddy win, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, their presentation and their curd was amazing. So good. It was yeah. just, their crust. Their crust wasn't, but um, that or Tarsha and Chris. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Tarsha and Chris. You also had great curd and a yeah, bad they crust. had really good curd. Yeah. So probably been between those two teams. Otherwise. Yeah. And it's. Uh, I was thinking like, it's extra pressure on everyone because since you don't know until the judging happens. How many teams are going to guess correctly? Right. It's like you have to, you know, be 100% on guessing using your deductive reasoning skills. You have to be 100% on taste because yep. you don't know how it's going to fall. Because if everyone had made an Atlantic Beach pie, then it would have been down to details. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And probably, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Steph and Cherry wouldn't have right. wouldn't have gotten it. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and when they get down to like the final four or five this season – that's going to be the margins. Definitely. So, right so, yeah. uh, so they advance, and now we go to the Elimination Bake. Yay! Christine, what clues did we see in the Elimination Bake? Okay, so the – oh, and I do want to say, just before I forget, because it's in my notes, Yolanda came up with the Safety Bake Challenge, the Boardwalk Pie. Yes. Curtis came up with the Elimination Bake So this challenge. is Curtis's. Yes, and they have – again, they're going to have two minutes to look through the crime scene kitchen and two hours to bake. Got it. Um, which I – I feel it might be slightly shorter than the last season for the Elimination Bake. I feel like the show piece they had a little longer, but I could be wrong. I will say, I mean, I, just one of the first clues right off the bat, this is a single layer cake. Yes, which is a marked difference. Yeah, so not like, I want to say the first the first 
showpiece. Yes. Season one was like a three-layer cake. Yes. So a yes. lot tougher. And there were a lot a lot of layer cakes, actually, throughout the season. A lot. So maybe they, maybe they just changed it based on this is a single-layer cake, so they, they only get maybe. two hours. Yeah. 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 Um, so we know it's a single-layer <laughs> cake. What else do we know? I like that they kind of changed that up because, honestly, I, I would like to see more things than just different variations on two or three layer cakes in yeah. general. So I like seeing different ones. Sure, sure. So I liked this. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So in the crime scene, we have, um, oh, right. This is the thing I was going to say earlier because I got them mixed up. So in the crime scene, we've got a jar of pineapple juice. Um, it has some rings of pineapple in it, I guess. It was, we never, we saw it like moving around a lot when yeah. people were looking at it, but we never got like a straight up close up. Exactly. On it. Yeah, I feel like we could see juice and someone said that there were rings in it. Yeah. But we couldn't see those. Right. And it said pineapple on the front or something. Yeah. Then there were also some maraschino cherries. The jar was full. Yes. Very full. Very full. <laughs> if you had opened it, they'd have been spilling out. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you would have cherry juice everywhere. Um, okay, and then. There was also a cutting board that had um, a very dark red sort of residue and then also like an orange residue. Um, and if you smelled it, it smelled like orange. Yes. <clears throat> then, um, oh, and then, of course, like you were saying, the uh, the first thing that a lot of people noticed was there was a cake pan, a single cake pan. Yes. Uh, I think in the dishwasher at a sink or something. And it had remnants of, I wouldn't have been able to tell from TV that it was specifically um, caramel. Yeah. I, I would have said it just looked like the edges of a cake or something. That's what I thought visually. Yes. But certainly if they were there looking at it and could They're touch it, it, you'd be able to tell and it was caramel. And touching it, absolutely. You would be able to tell it was caramel. But Definitely. yeah, just from TV, it just looked like from TV, it just looked like, yeah. Yeah. Dried up, dried cake on there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so there was that. Uh, then let's see, there were also, um, so we had the orange cutting board and then we had, we had, uh, in the trash, there were the remnants of blood oranges. There was like a no, trash. No, a navel orange. The compost had the blood orange. Oh, I get them mixed up. Okay. Yeah. So the compost had a blood orange uh -huh. and the, uh, thank you. The trash had a navel orange, yes. but only one team saw the trash. And yeah. they didn't think it was an orange. Yeah. Um, they thought it was a lemon. So, <clears throat> so am I missing anything? A stick of butter. Oh, actually, oh, was there one stick of butter that was by itself? I thought I was just gone. There was a box of butter. That I thought had, I had three like, sticks three. in it. Yes, yeah. so one stick was gone. Yes, yeah. I see. Okay. See, like, you pay more attention to that. But I see, like, what's there. Because I'm an optimist, I see the butter <laughs> as three quarters fall. Yeah, no, that butter was a quarter which is empty. Why I, which is why I make that mistake often in the show. That like, oh, it's full of cherries. They must use cherries. What? <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the canola and the olive oil. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot that because only one team saw that. Yeah. So, yeah, there was an olive oil and a canola oil. Olive oil, completely full. Canola oil, not full. Yeah. And uh, do you want to talk about the teams later? Or do you want me to say? Uh, whatever you want. Okay. Davion and Donovan saw the olive oil and canola oil and were like, oh, olive oil. It's an olive oil cake. 
Yeah. They were like, what cakes do you use olive oil in? Yeah. But we no, were the like. The olive was clearly full. Clearly the full. The canola was clearly used. And again, easy mistake to make. It sure. helps that they were standing side by side, the oils. Yeah. Like that helped me notice when I don't always think about it, that like one of them's full, one's not. Yeah. But um, again, two minutes goes fast. You're under pressure. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we were both like, oh no. <laughs> you get that uh, yeah. situational, what is um, dramatic irony where the audience knows something before they do. Absolutely. Or like, you know, Hitchcock's like bomb under the table kind of thing. Um, well, you're going to have to explain that now. I know what you're what? talking about. <laughs> I knew you were talking about just, because I'm, I'm married to you. <laughs> uh, just delightful randomness uh, of me. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so Hitchcock talked about, um, Alfred Hitchcock, the director, talked about uh, suspense was like having a bomb under the table. And, the ma- and I'm totally paraphrasing. This was many years ago that I took a Hitchcock class, so I'm probably wrong. But, um, but something to the effect of like, a couple's eating dinner or something, and there's a bomb under the table, and the audience knows, and the couple doesn't. That's suspense. Like, yeah. you know, just like us knowing and seeing the time tick down while the couple has no idea, or whatever. I'm probably, like, way off base. Uh, Sean Beatty, if you're listening, you can correct me. Um, yeah. Uh, but actually, we have an, uh, an expert here. Bonka, what do you think about Hitchcock? <laughs> I don't know what she doesn't know what hitch plot is. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Bonka, do you want to say hi to the folks out in podcast land? Speak right to that microphone. Hi. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they can't say hi back. But. Do you like to bake and separate eggs, and are you really good at it? Yeah. 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 We were talking about separating eggs and how you're even better at it than Daddy is. That's right. <laughs> to the. Do you, you have never baked before. Uh, no, I really haven't. Do you, do you eat the shells or throw them away? Throw them away. Yes. Good call. Don't eat them. Don't eat them. All right. Thank you, honey. Ew, they taste gross. I've gotten them in some brownies before. It's, I've done it before. I don't want no crunchy brownies. <laughs> I mean, unless I it's with nuts, no that's fine. All right, so during the round, I don't know if as much, I think that they kept this part shorter um, as far as just showing us, like, the, the bake during this round. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it felt faster to me, at least. I agree. Uh, but um, a couple of the key things that happened, Kathleen and Hannah, um, on their cake, they didn't trust it, so they kept opening up the oven and closing Ugh. it and opening it and closing it and opening it and closing it. And even I know... And I don't know anything, but even I know you cannot do that with a cake because it won't get done. You, you, you have to have consistent heat, right? Yes. Actually, you taught me that oh. because I used to constantly be checking, constantly checking, like opening it and checking and opening it and checking. Um, so, yeah, like I, watching that, it was, it was striking because it made me think of the fact that you told me that and kind of. Curtis made a comment about, like, at a certain point, you just have to trust that it's going to get there. Yeah. Because if you keep opening it and checking it, that has an effect. Yeah, he you said know? you lose 30 to 40 degrees every time you open it. Which that's is so crazy. Massive. Way I mean, more than I would have thought. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, if you're, like, checking it every two minutes, which I have done before, um, 
Like that's, you know, you have to, you're, you don't realize it, but you're waiting for it to go back up to that temperature that you want it to be at. Right. So that takes time. Yeah. So, yeah. And by the time it gets there, you open it again. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, you know, like if you do that at home, eventually it'll probably get done. But if you're under a time limit, yeah. like every second that you're opening it is a precious second that you're wasting. Yeah. Um, a precious second of the correct temperature that you're wasting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. something they need to work on. Yeah. And it's not, it's not barbecue. You don't want it low and slow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, baking is a science. It needs to be accurate. Yes, exactly. So, um, all right. So with about 45 minutes left on this two hour bla- uh, bake, all of a sudden, was it, I don't remember if it was Donovan or Davion, but all of a sudden he just had this epiphany like, oh, there was no cream cheese. I think it was Donovan. Donovan. They had been. They had originally thought it was a hummingbird cake. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he said, oh, well, that normally has cream cheese frosting and there's no cream cheese. I think is, is what he said. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah. They just realized they didn't see cream cheese. So then all of a sudden he said, oh, well, we saw pineapple, mm-hmm. which again was full, but they yep. saw it. It mm-hmm. was there. It was, mm-hmm. And they saw cherries. Which again was full. Yes. But it was there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's an upside down cake. Yes. So then with 45 minutes ago, they said, let's switch. And I don't know if their cake was in the oven at that point or what or where they were exactly. But they. I feel like it was already like almost out or something. Like maybe it was still in the But oven. then one of them said, do you know a recipe for that? And the other one just said, no. <laughs> ah, well, yeah. it was really. What, oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to step on. Um. What I thought was really funny was when we first watched it and one of them said, do you know the recipe for that? I was like, that's like the most simple cake. Like, I can't believe they don't know the recipe for that. And then I was, and then I like realized like, they're not saying they just don't know how to make the batter for it. They've never made a pineapple upside down cake. So they don't know about like the bottom and how that's supposed to work. So I had to like correct myself because I was like, how, I mean, like, it's such a simple cake batter. Like, I looked it up to make sure I was right. It's, like, a very simple butter cake batter, right? Yeah. Well, was, everyone else did make an upside-down cake. So why don't you talk about the mechanics a little bit okay. of an so, upside-down cake? So an upside-down cake, basically, um, you know how we talked about they had, like, remnants of caramel? So in an upside-down cake, you're not making caramel, like, by itself in a pot with a candy thermometer. It's not like you're making caramel and putting it on the cake. So an upside down cake, you start in the bottom of the pan with um, like some, I, I can't remember if you like brown the butter first or if you just, I feel like you cook it first, like you cook it in the pan or something. Don't I can't look remember. at me for <laughs> a couple of times in this episode already. Christine has talked to me looking at me for answers. I do not have them. <laughs> I forget that like baking is seriously, well, Baking and knowledge of the Safe by the Bell series are the two areas that I have more knowledge than you in in life. <laughs> like, literally everything else. I'm like, oh, what's the answer to that, Nick? Oh, who won the Olympics? Like, he knows all that. But, like, these are the two things that I know better. So, I guess I'll start looking in the mirror. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, in an upside-down cake, basically you're going to have butter... And uh, you're, it's going to be like a, a mixture of like butter and like sugar and or brown sugar and then um, some kind of fruit. And basically that's going to be at the bottom. And then you're going to put cake batter on the top of that. 
And then you bake it in the oven, you bring it out, and that's why it's called, oh, well, and then you're going to invert it. So you turn the pan over, you take the pan off, and then your layer of fruit and what has now become caramel, because it's a combination of butter and sugar of some kind, um, that's going to be on the top, which is why it's called an, a pineapple upside down cake or whatever kind of upside down cake. Yes. I went through an extended upside down cake phase where I kept trying to make a really good grapefruit upside down cake and I never got it right. <laughs> every time, every time the middle was raw. Probably I was doing the same thing that the Midwestern moms did. Probably <laughs> I could never get the middle cooked. So again, you know, take a grain of salt with my judgments and my criticisms here, okay? Um, theoretical with- baking knowledge. <laughs> uh so yeah i guess we can talk about how they finish it a little bit more we're talking about judging. do you have anything else for what happened during round two uh yes there was um so oh well uh yeah so i realized like if you've if you only heard of pineapple upside down cake and never seen or made or tasted one it would seem like how the heck do you do that you know like how do you make something upside down like, it would, I, so now I understand why they were like, do you have a recipe for that? Like, what is that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Um, the other thing that I noticed during this was really cool. I They didn't really explain why or anything, but uh, Tori and Michelle were making their upside down cake. And they were, so one of them, I believe Michelle, was holding the big old bowl of batter, cake batter from the stand mixer. And Tori was, like, holding a spatula under the bowl of batter. So Michelle was pouring the batter from the bowl onto the spatula, which Tori was gently tilting towards the cake pan. And they were going all around the cake pan like that, kind of making a circle around it and then going into the middle. I've never seen that technique. That was so cool because I guess, like, I'm assuming the reason would be the concern is that you don't want to just plop the batter in there because it's going to get in the way of that caramel layer and then maybe it'll just absorb it. That's my assumption. If anyone has a better reason that that, that they could be doing it that way, please let me know. But it looks like a really cool technique that I've just never seen. I'm sure that's some reasoning behind <laughs> it. I do, not, I do not know. I just thought that was a very nice like attention to detail to yeah. keep it. To keep it flat where it wasn't like sinking. Yeah, because the instinct would just be plop it on there. <laughs> yeah, that's how I do everything with cake and cooking. It's just like, just plop it, it's fine. Um, I will know one, one thing I forgot to note is uh, uh, Joel came into their kitchen and they were still discussing and he made it seem like they were getting a slow start. Did not seem to affect them in the long run. Um, yeah, that's true. It looked like it wasn't going to be good because yeah. they were still deciding. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes you got to, you know. It's better to take a couple extra minutes to plan than start acting and not knowing what you're doing. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I just remembered we forgot to do our predictions from the pie. The pie. Yes, bond. we have to tell you our predictions. So what what did you guess the the what turned out to be the, the boardwalk pie? What did you guess that was gonna be? So I had to look back at my last night notes before I knew the answer. Okay. Well here, I'll I'll talk about mine. Yeah, talk about yours. It's easier for me because I'm just wildly guessing. I have no idea. <laughs> Um, I just figured uh, the only evidence of lime was on the grater. Mm-hmm. There were no limes in the compost. 
So I just went with just lemon. I thought maybe the team that thought it was lime missaw it because mm-hmm. I mean you're looking at tiny fragments in a grater. So I just true. figured like a basic like lemon meringue with. I, even though I knew the graham cracker was full, I threw our graham cracker crust just because I figured it wasn't a standard crust. Sure. And even though I was, even though I knew the graham cracker was full, I know nothing else switched to go on. And I had never heard of a saltine crust. Oh, me neither. So I didn't. I was like. I thought maybe they interpreted that incorrectly as mm-hmm. maybe it was a graham cracker. They just interpreted it incorrectly. But I, again, I don't know. What what did you have? So my original thought was key lime pie. And I think it's for the same like confirmation bias reason because I really like key lime pie and I wanted it to be key lime pie. So We've been to Key West, you guys. <laughs> you know, kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, and my first thought was like, key limes are lighter color than regular limes. Uh, so it's possible for people to have mistaken them for lemons. That makes sense. But they are smaller too, which I didn't think about that. And I think, again, confirmation bias. Like I wanted it to be key lime pie, you know, just like Tarsha. I wanted it to be a hot dog. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, at some point, Joel McHale makes a joke that, like, wouldn't it be funny if the uh, secret dish was actually a breakfast burrito? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so my first thought was key lime pie, but then when I said, again, another great mistake I made was seeing the egg whites that were full in the jar in the fridge and thinking that that meant it was a meringue because they had used egg whites. Yeah. So there's two, the two things I pointed out that people do wrong, <laughs> things that I do wrong. And maybe when you're criticizing someone else's world, think about the fact that maybe you're just criticizing yourself and talking about your own insecurities. Pod, anyway. Podcaster, heal thyself. <laughs> Podcast justice. Okay. Yeah. So what did you guess for this cake? Oh, for the cake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had changed my mind to lemon meringue, but I would say like, so those are my guesses, but about halfway through, I felt pretty convinced that since the only people who looked in the crust, in the processor thought it was saltines, that it was some kind of weird saltine thing that we had never heard of, which it was. Yeah. But my original guess, both were wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So for this one. Uh, well, I'll just say, I, yeah, I, I went with the blood orange upside down cake. Uh, I mm. think, uh, which was close, but not entirely right. What did you go with? I took tea and thotties. Uh, a, a lot of times, like, you, like, if you don't really, if you're not able to smell the saltines, right, if you're not able to see the chunks of pineapple, you kind of have to decide if you're going to trust what this person sees it as. Sure. And I thought that, like, you know, tea was very convinced that there had been pineapple rings taken out of the pineapple juice and that there were only a few remaining. So I pretty much took that as gospel. Okay. So when I first saw that, and I think when I first saw the cherries, I didn't notice they were full. I noticed it today on the rewatch. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I think when I first saw it, I thought maybe hummingbird cake. That was my first thought. I've never made a hummingbird cake. I've only heard of it. I knew that it had like pineapple, um, I looked it up uh, later because uh, it's been referenced on other shows we've seen. Um, and it is, so it's actually from Jamaica and it is like a spice cake. So it's like a spice cake with banana and pineapple. 
So the guys were really <laughs> far off. They were very far there off. Were, there were no spices. There were no bananas. And there were no nuts. And, like, it usually has walnuts or pecans. Okay. Um, which I, I was vaguely aware of that, but, like, I didn't think of it at the time. So my best guess was a hummingbird cake. Um, but then the upside down, I don't know. It's tough, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, because the, the, well, the cake tin looked more like cake batter to yeah. us. So it could have just been, like, a one-layer hummingbird. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Uh, well, I think the, the one of the big things for me is blood orange juice has such a specific, you know, color. And that was all over the cutting board. So yes, it was impossible to miss. Yeah, and then like you see blood oranges in the trash too. Like yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was fooled, like absolutely fooled. And then like you know, like halfway through the making, I usually change my mind. <laughs> so that's you know, halfway through the making, it was like I guess it's some kind of upside down cake. I don't know. Yeah. But um. So yeah, so uh, should we go through the uh, what everybody made and yeah. how it was judged? Yeah, well, but again, we want to hear your guesses, crumbshoes, and you Yes, and yeah, Com- email us, comment, yeah. yeah. But yeah, what did the teams make? Okay, so we start with T and Fadi again. So T and Fadi made a pineapple upside down cake with blood orange zest. Um. So let's see. Curtis said it was a beautiful cake batter, and uh, Yolanda said it was incredibly moist, almost like a steamed pudding, yeah. which is about right for, like, an, an outside-down cake. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was, oh, it yeah. was it beautiful. Was, it I had really to remember. Good. It, yeah. really it probably looked the best. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Out of all five. Uh, so, uh, so, once again, so, obviously, we've... We've already pretty much established at this point what it is, right? Uh, yeah, for yeah. the most So part. the correct – let's talk – we'll talk about uh, all of these through the lens of the correct answer. The correct answer is blood orange and oranges. Yes. Blood orange slash orange upside down cake. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, so this is the second time for Fadi and T. They don't have it exactly right, but they have the best tasting dessert yes. being presented. That will should get them hopefully pretty far, but they'll need to get more accurate if they want to win the whole thing. Definitely, right? Yeah, but so. yeah, but it's good to know that they're like good bakers. Yeah, and they're lovely personalities. Oh my god, they're lovely so people. fun! They're, they're absolutely fun. I love their like comments the whole time. Yeah. Like they're they have really fun comments on the um on the uh, risers too. They're yes, really fun. yeah. They're delightful. Okay, so then next we had Tarsha and Christy. I thought theirs was very pretty too. Um, it was a little darker. Um, yeah, to me, like I when I think of a an upside down cake specifically, and maybe it's just because the ones I made weren't very evenly cooked, evenly baked. But I think of them as dark. So okay. like it, it was. There were some people who made upside down cakes that were very light in the middle, and that was very strange to me. Yeah, like just because I feel like it's usually like a darker sort of yellowish butter cake. Yeah. And this has blood oranges in it, so you're going to have that juice running down. Yeah, right? so, yeah, you have, like, yeah, I think their blood oranges on the top were darker than other people's also. Like, yeah. it came out very dark. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so they had blood orange upside down cake, which is mostly right. They missed the navel oranges. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, almost everyone missed that. Um but it got good reviews, right? Yes, Curtis said uh, the outside uh, of his piece was so delicious. Yeah. yeah. So once again, even with the animosity, they made a good dessert. They're good. They made a yeah. good quality dessert. So we'll see how far that takes them. So 
We'll just say those last two teams safe. <laughs> yes, they are safe. Yeah. Go on. Um, so next we have <clears throat> we have Kathleen and Hannah. Mm-hmm. So they made a blood orange upside down cake with blackberries. Their addition of blackberries at the time when we were watching them bake, I thought they were going to be right because there were several fruits in the several like berry containers in the fridge, and it looked like only the blackberries, like half of them, had been taken out. It did look like. The berries were like two thirds full. Two thirds. That's a good berries. yeah. So like yeah. it was kind of up to interpretation. It, and again, just like the pineapples, like the only time we saw the blackberry container is when they were handling it, so it's hard to really. So we don't really get a sense. See, yeah, I really wish we got a close up of it sitting still, so we could get a and, before someone picks it up. And actually, the other berries. That is such a good point because um, we really didn't get. So that. I yeah, I also thought the blackberries would be in play, but apparently they were not. Yeah. Um. But uh. Oh, but. It was raw in the center. Whoa! <laughs> uh, because they kept opening the oven door. And, yeah. like, you know, if you're not used to being timed, it's not that much of an issue. Because right. eventually it'll get done. <laughs> but, like, not on this show. Yeah. But, but, because they were pretty close, right? Because they made... Yes, they yeah, were very close. Is blood orange. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh they, oh, they did it right. They did blood orange and orange. And other oranges, Yeah. yeah. Um, they were fairly close to accurate. That saved them, and they were safe, even though they had the worst cake of the five that are presented here. Yeah, because it was raw. So again, accuracy number one. So yeah. and the show is that's what makes it so unpredictable and unique. Mm-hmm. Love it. Ugh. Um. Okay. So next we have Tori and Michelle. They made a citrus upside down cake. So they got the blood orange, but then uh, Tori in the trash bin saw what he thought was a lemon, but it was actually a navel orange. He only saw it for like split second before they had to. It was as time ran out. Yeah. And was he the only one who looked in the trash? I think so. At least the only one that we're aware of. Teams, look in the trash can. Always look in the trash. Look early (laughs) and often at the trash can, because that's almost always going to be good clues, because... If you're talking about something that had been baked, there's going to be stuff in the trash cans. So, yes, yeah. Uh, so definitely should have gotten there sooner. And so just at a glance, he thought it was a, a lemon and not a, a navel orange. So that's what they did, the the blood orange and the lemon upside down cake. And how how they like those? Um, let's see. So uh, they said it had nice color. And uh, Curtis Stone said the lemon was actually really nice and kind of gave it a lift. Yeah. I can't remember if that's an exact quote, if that's what he said, but it yeah. was something to that effect. Yeah, and Yolanda said it was a good cake. So, <clears throat> so yes. good reviews there. Uh, and Definitely. they got the blood orange. So, again, they're halfway there. Yeah. But what team was none of the way there? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, and y'all, if you're, I mean, of course you should watch Crime Scene Kitchen, but worth a rewatch <laughs> is this judging of Davion and Donovan's cake. <laughs> Because, um, so they ask what they're presenting, and uh, Davion says, "Quote, quote, our version of uh, and and he's like moving his arms in a very specific way as he says it that makes it very clear that he does not believe a word he's saying. <laughs> so <laughs> funny, trying to sell this, yeah, like and the sandwich kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> so okay, sorry. With that in mind." Our version of uh, pineapple, blood orange, orange, upside down cake. But what did they present them in actuality? In actuality, they gave them a yellow cake. 
<laughs> with a buttercream frosting and slices of like I assume fresh. I assume fresh, like lemons and limes on there. Or did no, it? I thought it was, it was oranges. Orange. 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 Sorry, oranges. I forgot. Yeah. They had the fruit right on I'm top. I'm getting the two. But it wasn't baked mix. into the cake. It wasn't baked into the cake, and, and then they had buttercream. You frosting. don't put. I know. Even I know this. You don't put buttercream on an upside down cake. Yeah. So they were hedging their bets. Well, actually, they didn't know think, how to make an upside down did, cake. So I they think just they took just their didn't best know. Guess. I think they just didn't know. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, and lots of cakes are regional. It's hard to know. You delightful know? guys. Oh my god, they're so great. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah, I mean, I really like them. I would watch them more together, delightful guys, but just not even close. But the funny thing is, Curtis said, "If I close my eyes, I would say this is a hummingbird cake," yeah. which was their original intention, and they liked the cake. Yeah, it was good. But, but as we established, accuracy being most important, they were by far the furthest away. There was no suspense on who was going home here. It yeah. was these guys, Donovan <laughs> and Davion. Um, and so we won't get to see them anymore. And, I'm oh, sad. And the irony of ironies, Davion had oranges on his shirt. Oh my gosh, yes! It was so <laughs> crazy! Oh no! He had oranges on his shirt. Uh, he didn't realize until it was too late that it was a blood orange slash orange upside down. Oh my cake, gosh. So. Um, oh man. Yeah. Uh, Yolanda had, there was a great moment during that. Ju- I mean, that judging is what reality TV is all about. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. But Yolanda said, um, so what clues led you to make a buttercream for it? And uh, Davion was like, there was butter? Which was just like, oh no. Yeah. Cake has butter. Yeah. Cake sometimes has a butter. You know, so the, that, the so topping that's... of an upside down cake, which obviously they just don't know about, yeah. has butter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Also, T um, had an amazing facial reaction. Oh my god. And <laughs> I'm describing their cake. <laughs> It was uh, amazing. It was at that point that he knew that he was safe for yes! the competition. Yes! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, but again, it's gonna get tougher. Yeah. It's gonna the, the challenges will be tougher, and the the at the towards the end, it's gonna be the tiniest of differences that determine who wins this competition. So excited. Um, but before we wrap up, uh, you know, do you have anything else on 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 the episode itself? Well, I will say that kind of the conclusion I came to about the, because I, I was a little confused about the pineapple and cherry being there. And I think the pineapple and cherry, which I'm assuming were full, even though we couldn't quite tell, were there to suggest that it was an upside down cake, which the one that is the most common is pineapple, but you can make it with anything. You yeah. Know? Well, but again, red, they're just red herrings, right? They because are red they, herrings, but I feel like they were there to. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah, because I, I, Curtis said in the explanation that it was the caramel in the pan that was supposed to suggest that it had been turned over. Right. So that's where, like, you have to pay attention to how much of something was used to know that it wasn't the pineapple and the cherries. I see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're right. They were red herrings. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yay! Um, but, uh, Christine, I think you have a new segment for us this week. It's a very important new segment. It's probably the most important part of the show. Yeah. Um, and it's called Yolanda's Fashion Corner. Okay, so... Who was she wearing this week? Who was she wearing? So, okay, I will say her her outfit 
that she wore for most of the episode, while it was very fashion-forward, was rather muted color-wise. Yeah. Um, so at first I thought it was like a gray. So it was like a cute, I mean, I would say it was a little like 70s-ish a little bit. And, um, but very muted, like not big, colorful, right? So, like, but I think it was maybe like a baby blue that just kind of came out gray on the screen. I'm it was green. Sure. What's wrong with oh you? Oh my gosh, you're colorblind. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm not using that as a. It's there's nothing wrong with being colorblind. I'm going to take that part out. Yeah, oh. we have this thing with gray and green. Yes. Where you see things as gray, and I know that they are green. Well, <laughs> I mean, I would say the opposite of that is true, but okay. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a specific hoodie in question, but, um, it's great. Uh, but, so, she, she was wearing, I can't believe you thought, I mean, I guess I could, maybe. That you was know, great. I have a lot of empathy, and that's why I'm so patronizing to you about your weird color thoughts. So, um, anyway, it was like, you know, gray-ish. And or green, whatever. It was very muted, whatever it was. But it was like kind of um a cute, like a little bit of a puff sleeve on the top, but kind of longer. So kind of like a puff, but then like it's a little bit longer. Not like not really super long. I would say like a three-quarter sleeve. And then um I think that it had little detailing on it, like kind of little um Oh my gosh, okay, Nick is now showing me an up-close picture, and it is defo green. So, um... Hear I, that? Yep, you it, win. I, I mean, you don't win on my hoodie, but you totes win on the sweater she's wearing. It's green, y'all. Oh, and actually, her sleeves are out all the way here. So I guess they're regular sweater sleeves, but she had them kind of pushed out where they looked shorter for a while. Um, and she was also wearing pants that were about the same color. Uh, and, um, and they were kind of, I feel like they were, they were either wide leg or kind of like, um, flared at the end. And it was just very nice. It was very like sophisticated while still being casual. So there was that outfit, but the glorious outfit, did you notice what she was wearing during her talking heads? No. Oh, we're so different. So <laughs> her talking heads, it was just like an angel walked in the room. Like she was wearing this glorious white blouse that was, and I don't know all my fashion terms. I'm doing my best over here. So like she's wearing this gorgeous blouse and it's like super big puff sleeves that go, you know, like way down, um, like just big old puff sleeves, but like long, right? Like not short. So there's probably a term for that. I don't know. Someone can correct me. Um, and, like, it had, like, a little cutout, but the cutout, like, there was, like, a cutout, like, around her sternum, but just, like, on the side, it was, like, a little keyhole cutout. Oh, so glorious. And, like, she had her hair in this amazing wavy ponytail. Like, oh, I just want to be her. She just <laughs> looked like a fashion angel. Like, it just looked like something Lady Gaga would wear. I loved it so much. So that was Yolanda's Fashion Corner. Thank you. Christine. You're welcome. We look forward to that segment in the years and decades the Many to come. years <laughs> Generations, even. Yes. Eras. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Eras, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. It looked great. Uh, we will, uh, if you all are, if for you all out there, was it green? Was it blue? Was it gray? It was green. We've established that. But could you all confirm that Yolanda was wearing green? 
Also, we will post pictures of the hoodie in question. Oh my gosh. And you can tell us whether it is gray or, in fact, green. And, yeah, and if you say gray, then we'll know that you're seeing things correctly. Okay. Um, also, can we do our shout-outs? Oh, my God, yes. Patrons on Patreon. Patrons. We would love your support. If you could help us out, we are a brand new podcast network. But like we talked about earlier, we have a lot of fun projects in the works, including Welcome to Mermaid Coffee and other uh, podcasts that we're excited about that we're going to announce in the future. So we appreciate all the support you can give us. Obviously, like, subscribe, share, five-star reviews. Any little thing you can do like that helps us immensely. But also, if you support us on Patreon, uh, at Power Team Studios, on Patreon, uh, at the uh, we have three levels, the $3 uh, Will Crumtree's level, or there's the $5 level, which uh, the name is... The $5... Oh, it is uh, Mermaid oh. Coffee Regular. That's right, Mermaid yes. Coffee Regular, the $5 level. At the $5 level and above, we'll shout you out on the show. And the $7 level um, is our uh, Power Teammates. Uh, at that level, we'll shout you out on the show, and we'll enter you in a drawing. Every month, the winner of that drawing gets either a free chess lesson with me, or... A baking session, uh, an online virtual baking session, or in person if you're local, uh, with me. Yeah. So. And it's your choice. Yeah, you, you don't, like, have to do one that you're not interested <laughs> in. Yeah, you get to choose. Or, so. you know, if you don't want to bake with me, we can just talk about Barbies. That's totally fine, too. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, we've got some patrons this week. Yay! Very excited. First, number one, in our hearts and in our minds, we got to shout out the patron who signed up before the first episode even aired. Yes! I think <laughs> it was, like, Patreon is live. He signed up immediately. Michael Odinger. Michael Odinger. Uh, he is uh, the highest level power teammate. Yes. Uh, and also at the uh, power teammate level is Sam Ryan. Yes, Sam Ryan. Thank you so much, Sam. She is the best. We F- love her. Ooh, I like the song. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and also signing up at our uh, uh, Mermaid Coffee by yours level is Debbie Edwards. Debbie. Debbie's so cool. She <laughs> is so cool. So, um, thank you so, so much for your support. It means the absolute world to us. Seriously. Uh, so we can hang out and be silly with you and hopefully build a little community of, um, people that enjoy what we enjoy. Because Indeed, just yes. like I said last week, nerds, just nerds nerding who love out, what they love. love what we love, nerding out on things that we enjoy talking about. So, uh, uh, again, if that's something you're able to do, we really appreciate it. If that's something you're not able to do, and of course we understand, again, just clicking share subscribe just just share this link with a friend and say hey i thought this was really cool maybe you'd like it too um that means the world to us absolutely and like you only have to do one thing like i know it's like i i don't know about y'all i get a little overwhelmed with like social media i'm like oh okay i gotta post this here 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 and here i gotta share this in eight places just do one. That's fine. Just a little nudge. Like, we will take literally anything. Like, thank you. Five seconds of your time. And Seriously. It, it, it means so much, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it. do you want to talk uh, Crumbotrons real quick? Crumbotrons. And our email yeah. in general. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, another way to support us. Uh, but yeah, if you want to put an ad on the show, you want to shout out a personal ad to a friend of yours, uh, it's only $15, and we'll read whatever kind of ad you want, basically, to say hi to a friend, to say... 
happy anniversary or happy birthday, congratulations on graduating, whatever. Uh, uh, um, email us, Crumbotron, uh, or Crumbotron in the subject line, crumbtrees at gmail.com. Or if you want an ad for your business, uh, it's only $30 and we'll uh, advertise your business right here on the show. So We have uh, to like it. We have to like your business. We're not saying you have to give us things, but like we have to try it and we can pay for it and make sure that we like it. And if you want to give it to us, fine. Yeah, you can also give it to yeah, us. I mean, we would, that would be better. So yeah. do that, please. Yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Crime Scene Kitchen, Fox, Food Club Fox, Gordon Ramsay, Joel McHale, Yolanda Gamp, Hannah Kakett, Chef Curtis Stone, all of you, please, please sponsor us. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. You started naming random things at the end there. It's just, just people who are involved in the in food, Fox Food Club. Yeah. If you're rich and famous, please talk to us. And if you're not, like, talk to us too. Like, we just want friends. We're not snobs. Yeah, yeah. we're just lonely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, this is a little bit out of order, but I forgot. I wanted to say that we watched Iron Chef Legends yes. on Netflix yes. and gained a new appreciation. And, like, we like Curtis Stone, but, like, we gained a new appreciation for his artistry on this show. So he is, so in the newest season, at least newest season I'm aware of, of Iron Chef, which is on Netflix, it's a 30-year-old show dating back to Japan. It's a whole other conversation, but yeah. the newest season of what used to be Iron Chef America, and now I guess it's Iron Chef Legends on Netflix, it was made last year, I believe. He yeah. is one of the Iron Chefs, which is an esteemed title. Huge. And he's brilliant. He is so unbelievably brilliant. Like, seen? they are doing next level stuff, like food art. Conceptually, technically, um, he is on an incredibly high level, so... Uh, it was the first time we, I, I really got to see him cook, because the other shows we mentioned last week, he wasn't actually cooking on them, he was judging or participating. So, um, so uh, yeah, it, absolutely incredible chef, so um, makes the show that much better. Yeah, I, you know, one thing that stri- like, strikes me about other shows that we've seen him in, and also I remembered the show that I was thinking of him on before was on Food Network was Take Home Chef. It was a really cute show. It's very old now. But um, he would, like, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, he would go to, like, a grocery store or something while someone is shopping for a special occasion. Like, you know, the first meal they're cooking for their, I don't know, like their significant other or whatever. Or, you know, I can't remember. Stuff like that. So he would, like, approach them in the grocery store, and I'm sure they, you know, were aware of it before it happened, but it definitely came off as, like, he comes up to them, and he's like, oh, hey, you want some help? (laughs) And they're like, okay. And then, um, you know, he, like, goes to their house or wherever the thing is and, like, helps them make food, and they give it to their family without them knowing that Curtis Stone helped them make it, and their family or whoever the person or people are. And they try it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't think you could boil water. And they're like, well, actually, I had a little help. And Curtis Stone comes out. This is how I'm remembering, and it might be a completely different show. This might have been a dream. But, You're thinking um, of Guy's Grocery Games? <laughs> I love Triple G. Um, yeah. I, Guy Fieri is fine, okay? I really calmed down. He's doing great. He's a nice guy, I think, probably. So, anyway. Um, so, it was very cute, the, the take-home chef. But Curtis Stone really, like, he doesn't come off as bombastic or brash in any way. Yeah. And I think that's 
maybe why we haven't really, you know, we had seen him in more of like a, a judging role, like you said. Um, so uh, it was really cool to see him as a chef. Because <laughs> like, obviously he's like an expert on things, but like to see him actually do his craft, which was just, just so creative, so artistic, so beautiful. Like, Iron Chef Legends is worth a watch, y'all. It's yeah. it's not many episodes. It's on Netflix. Yeah, we're only, and we're only like we just found it a couple days ago, so we're only like yeah. halfway through. But yeah, I think it's one of only like eight or ten episodes or something like that. So yeah, check yeah. it out if you get a chance. It, it is truly beautiful, genius food stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I just wanted to add that that now we we recognize his genius as well as Yolanda's. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think with that, we're going to call it a night. Yes. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening with us. Um, so long, fellow crumb shoes. And how do we always end the show? We just want to let you know you're all crumb believable. I don't know. <laughs> Was I supposed to say something after that? There has to be an awkward ending. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm involved, there will be awkwardness. Okay, thanks, y'all. You're gonna believe me. Bye. Is that good? <laughs> you can hit pause now or stop. All right, I'm gonna control the game. <laughs>